people who retire, they, they retire first, they're working every day at an office, and then one day they have nothing to do, and they have no hobbies. So dudes, don't give up your life, start something. It doesn't matter what it is, start playing the guitar, start, start gardening. I love oil painting. Thank you for coming here today, Mike. I mean, this is our second time. Yes. Because you're in episode four uh-huh. of my podcast, and you're the one that basically told me how to name it, mm-hmm. how to name my podcast and make sure I had that running all the way through. You may have forgotten that, mm-hmm. but you said, Lance, make sure you use your name and you put that first before your podcast. Yes. And it has worked. I mean, it's just fantastic. I mean, that was advice that I really needed at that time. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, it'll get you higher Google results. I always see, like, for example, rock band videos, right. and they won't have the band name and just the name of the song. Right. And I think, what are you guys doing? You should always have, have your name first and then the, then the subject matter. And that, that'll just give you better results on a Google search, that's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Mike, I'm so happy you're being here. This, this time, now I don't have to go over your your childhood and, and how many people in your family because you told me that at the beginning. Yeah. So anyone that wants to see that, you go to episode four and you'll see everything about Mike, about Mike Rogers. You'll know that part. Today, we're just having a nice conversation. After this, we'll have lunch. Yeah. We're going to rock and roll, man. And I like the conversation we had a little bit before, but I don't know. We're, we're a little concerned about what people might think. Yeah, of us because of our viewpoints. Well, I don't. I don't care about me. You don't know. You worry about me. I, I care about you. <laughs> so you worry about me. We have some. We have some kind of. It could be seem to be radical viewpoints. Well, regular people would consider them. I think ra- radical. But you think so? They don't have like, for example, my background, mm-hmm. and people will say things like, uh, "Are you?" Uh, are you a scientist or are you a doctor or whatever? And I'll say no, but I was a news director mm-hmm. for many years, like decades, right. and I learned how to research information. Right. And so I'm very good at researching information, and I'm just very suspicious right. about whatever the government uh, tells the news services. And I'll tell you right now, um, I think about... Uh, you know, the Russia and the Ukraine thing, that's a very terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wish Vladimir Putin didn't invade. But I will also say that be very suspicious of everything you see on the news. Or you know, what, what, what aspect? Because some people are watching Russian t- news. I think it's RT. Yeah. They have Russian news. And then, of course, news light is Japan. Yeah. They, they don't upset their people. And then you have the U.S. news. Yes. So which services are you considering? Are you all, all of them. All of them. Yeah. Be careful with you. Yeah. Be, just, just be careful. I mean, it's good to watch all, watch them all mm-hmm. and then come to a conclusion right. on your own. That That's probably the best way to do things. But um, from I have a, a Ukrainian friend. Actually, I've been to Russia and I've been to the Ukraine. And mm-hmm. I had friends there. And okay. um, one of my friends sent me an email was it? I think it was yesterday, and she told me Japan has taken back those islands north of Hokkaido from the Russians. It was announced on Ukrainian news today, and I, I kind of thought, 
Um, no, I, I think that's fake news. Like, why would someone say that? Well, they saw it on the news from the Ukraine. Okay. And, um, and then, you know, you can't, well, you can't believe, like, for example, the United States news either. For example, they'll say, like, you know, Putin's gone crazy and invaded the country. But we invaded Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria. We still have troops in Syria and doing this. And they're saying, you know, invading a country is against the law. It's like, look who's talking. So that's about all I'll say about it. But I really think that people should not take at face value what they see on um, the news or whatever or uh, what they see little clips on um, mm -hmm. YouTube. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you my old saying. This is my old saying, and I made this up. Okay. 90% <laughs> of everything you see and hear on the news is uh, BS. Say, bullshit. It's bullshit. The other 10% are commercials. <laughs> I'm, and I'm serious about that. And I worked at a place in a big major station, and I actually had work at CNN. I hosted the right. CNN show. But you also had the biggest radio morning show. Yeah, well, that was years. Japan. That was years yeah. later. I, I decided, like, I don't want to do the news anymore because I'm just lying to people all the time and freaking people out, panicking moms with little kids. You know, I gotta, I gotta protect my kids. It's, it's like. But isn't that one way they get? That's how they get their revenue because yeah. people will put their ads where people are going right. to watch. That's right. I heard long time ago. It was. I think it was quite a while ago, maybe a decade or so ago, they had a station that was called the Good News Station. Mm -hmm. It didn't last a year. Oh. Because people don't want to hear good news. No. Because <laughs> I, I guess the, the yeah. they hear about all the people that have won the lottery yeah. and everything else. Then they have to, you automatically, then you look at yourself. Oh, I do too. That really irritates me when people <laughs> win the lottery. <laughs> Man, I... Listen, okay, so in reverse, <laughs> when you hear there's been a plane crash mm -hmm. and 200 people died, the first thought, I think, subconsciously comes to people's mind, I'm glad I wasn't on that plane or anyone that I knew, yeah. which is sad. So that's why people tend to like bad news, Yeah, because then they judge themselves right after that. Yeah, and then the, the news stations will be, okay, you know, because it's a visual medium, mm -hmm. we need a photo of that plane. We need a photo of any of the passengers if we can, or whatever, and they'll make put it together and make a package that will pull your heartstrings and make you sad, or, or make you some kind of into a panic mode. And I just thought at the time, um, and I can't remember. Yeah, you like you were mentioning a, a plane crash, and everyone at the news in the news section was so excited because tonight's news is going to be great. And it was like, I thought, hey, what, what are you talking about? Like 250 people just died in this plane crash. Aren't you guys like, oh, this is terrible. No, nah. hey, come on. The, like, we're going to be ratings are number one. And the, I Isn't just, that similar to the network news, that, that show, the movie they had called The yeah. Network News? Very similar to that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like that. There's something that you you remind me. March 11th, when we had the um, tsunami, yeah, and, and then mm -hmm. resulted in the um, nuclear plant meltdown. Mm -hmm. My mother wrote me as soon as she heard about the earthquake in Tokyo, and she mm -hmm. said, "Leave Tokyo." Mm -hmm. She texted that, and I wrote her back, "Mother, the only drama to be seen in Tokyo is on CNN." 
That's right. I <laughs> see because people here were calmly parking their cars on the side of the road, locking them, walking home to mm -hmm. the greetings of passing convenience stores that were handing out water mm -hmm. in it, free. Yeah. Free of charge. Do you need water? Do you need this? That's all we saw here in Japan. No yeah. one worried about their car being burglarized. Mm -hmm. No one worried about where they were going to sleep that night. So, so after yeah. March 11th, you, you stayed in Tokyo? Oh, I called up the ambassador first. Mm -hmm. At that time, it was ambassador. He left. No, he didn't. Oh, he didn't? He didn't. No, no. Ambassador Roos didn't leave. Neither did his wife, Susan. So mm -hmm. I called him up. I said, are you leaving? And he said, no. I said, is your wife leaving? He said, no. Then I told my sons right away, I'm not sending you to I'm not sending you to Osaka so you guys can party all night. You're sitting here with us. <laughs> you guys are past 12 years old. Because they say people younger than 12 could worry about the, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. radiation stuff. Yeah. If you're older than that, it's, hey, you don't need these. these you're sooner to die anyway. Right, right. But you're gonna, yeah. Like I said, like, like we said earlier, <laughs> we've never met anyone that's gotten out of life alive. No. Nope. <laughs> not yet. No. So it's interesting. So when you, so how do you cope with all of these things when you were dealing with that? Did you find yourself getting depressed a lot? Or? Oh, oh, back in those days? Yes. Oh, yes. I was depressed all the time. Were you married? Yes. Did you have kids? Yes. Did you bring that depression home? Probably. Wow. And um, I don't know how to explain it, but like like what you were saying about um, being depressed, it I had a midlife crisis, even though I was like only 30 years old. <laughs> and I, I realized I don't want to work with these people. And I had just left the United States maybe seven years before that. And the company I was working with in the United States, I was a stockbroker. I told you that, right? You told me that, right. That's on, that's on episode, that's on episode yeah. four. Okay. So, and, <laughs> um, yeah. And then why I left that company, because I was making a lot of money. You told me about the woman. Yeah, that's on episode four. Don't tell them again. Yeah, Let I them watch episode you. four. But um, I, I swore that I would never work in another job. It was really admirable. I really, I mean, you became one of my favorites when you told me that story. For you to be able to do that, to talk to that woman, go in there and set her straight after your boss. I, you would do the same thing. I'm, any person, would, any yeah, person. Think, no, not any person would. A lot of guys would say, look, I've got a job here. If this is the way we have to roll. We're going to roll. I was very fortunate when I was an investment consultant. Mm -hmm. My supervisor, the people above me, mm -hmm. said, Lance, something I never heard in my life, it's easier to make it honestly than it is dishonestly. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> they said, no, no. There's no such thing as bad real estate. Mm -hmm. It's people misrepresenting the real estate uh, they're selling. Mm -hmm. <gasps> I, I felt so good inside. And that's how we actually... Did business. Oh, that's good. I you had it. a good boss. Oh, I was all oh, My was, boss was a they jerk. Were not, they were phenomenal. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, I'm telling you. My boss uh, went back to that lady's house and tried to convince her to take me. told me, yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway okay. I can't even remember what I was talking about. But, but anyway, yeah. you know, to get into so, so when we were talking about the news and the people you're dealing with there, and yeah. I wanted to get out of that. Oh, uh, yeah. So I got out of that and then decided, like, okay, what do I want to do? And being depressed, I, I, I was, and I will admit, I was thinking about, I mean, not really, but thinking about committing suicide. Like, I would just have this thought every day. You know, I could just walk over there, jump off that ledge, and jump down there. What about your wife and your kids? Did you think, did you have a policy or something that you thought would cover it? Yeah. 
Okay. So they would they would make out like bandits. Okay. So that's, <laughs> okay. So that's what you're concerned. You said don't do this and that. Yeah. I'm out of this, but they'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I I think it's a you know of course it's a mental disorder, but um, a lot of people think about committing suicide, even though they don't really you know I'm not going to commit suicide, but every every day that thought would occur to me, and I thought I got to change. This. I, I can't work with these people. I don't like these people. Even my staff. I, I had, you know, staff. I, to this day, I can't remember anyone's name. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have a good impression on me. And um, I think life is just too short. And the, the thing you got to do, it doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're, you're 20 years old or 35 years old or 50 years old, if you're working with people, who really bring you down and who are dishonest, you need to really s- stop and think about the position you are in the world and what do you want to do with your future? Because even if you're 50 years old, you're probably going to live for another 30, 40 years. Easily. In good health. Yeah. And um, if you come to the conclusion that these people are bringing me down, you should try to leave peaceful way, don't have a fight, don't don't get upset. Don't burn the bridge. Yeah, That's don't burn the bridge. But you you should also look for the next whatever it is, your next adventure. And think of it as, as an uh, adventure uh, because life is an adventure. Every day is an adventure. Something new. I mean, just coming here to Ibiza, I was like, I haven't been here in two years. <laughs> That's interesting you say that, Mike, because it's so true. I, I read one book on psychology once, and they said people in life tend to live it the way they picture it. If you see it as a game, you live it as a game. If you see it as turmoil and as being a struggle, that's how you start yeah. to look, and that's how you start to live it. If you're more interested in the goal and not the journey, every time you get there, you're going to be disappointed. That's right. That's, a, get there. that's an old Buddhist saying, Zen Buddhist saying. What's that? The, it, the, the journey is the fulfilling part. That's not right. the goal. Not the goal. And um, so uh, you, you said something that I was going to say something. That's, that's right, okay. Right? Yeah. You tell me right then. This is a regular conversation. Um, There's something you said before that I was yeah. going to mention. You said like you had these thoughts and there's the sicknesses. I was told by a good friend, his name is Billy, Billy Williams. Mm-hmm. And he's since passed, but he was a good friend of mine. And I knew him while I was in the service, and I knew him when I got out. I used to talk to him. And he helped people with their mental issues, like mm-hmm. abusive husbands to their wives and stuff. Oh. And he said, Lance, everyone on this planet has insane thoughts. The difference between them and regular people, some people act on them. Yeah. That's the difference between sanity yeah. and insanity. But everyone has insane thoughts. What would, it, what would it be like if I jump off this building? Or, or how would it feel if I stick my arm in that cage with that, that, that lion? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those are all oh, those Go ahead, what was it? So, so, so now I remember. So um, I, I had these bad thoughts, and I thought this whole situation, I dreaded going to work, and, and I hit, just hated everything. And we'd have little fights with the staff, you know? Oh, okay. Like even, even my co-host. Well, she wasn't really my co-host, but one of the people on the news wanted to be the main co-host. But it, it was just like, why are you rocking the boat now? You know, everything's going fine. Don't even bring up that we should get rid of this girl and you become the, the, main, the main co-host, you know. So 
I just decided I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm going to do rock and roll music and indies bands. And, you know, that, that brings, oh, yeah, brings another <laughs> a, another thing that... Um, what is it? What is it? Tell okay, me, tell well, me. this... Okay, this is... This is your camera, so you got to show it to that. What right. is This is... Um, my current, uh, not only project, but one of my projects, it's, uh, this is a New Year's party. Right, okay. It's May 18th. Right. And it's also the Ninja Indies musical. Wait, party. a New Year's party May 18th? Yes. How does that work? Well, because this of Corona. Corona. <laughs> okay, how's that? How's that? Well, <laughs> I had it scheduled for January 6th or something like that. Okay. <laughs> and the, the club said, you know... I get, it, it's like this broadcast, too. The okay. club gives me the clubs for free. Okay. And I tell them, like, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get three bands in here, right. and I'll get you 300 customers or so. Right. And the customers all get it free. Okay. But the bar tab, you can have it. Just keep it. And then I tell the bands, look, you play, play at my show. I'm not going to pay you anything, but I'm going to play you like crazy on the radio. And they love it. You know, they come in and yeah, so they come in and play. So, um, this New Year's party, this says Shimin Kite, um, that was supposed to be January 6th or 7th, I don't remember. And then this Ninja Indies Music Awards is was scheduled for May 18th. Mm -hmm. So, I just kind of thought everybody's been waiting, everybody's just so depressed about this corona thing. So, all let's do it together, you know, just have it. Everybody come in. I've already told everybody. We're just going to have a party. And that, that's how we're going to do And So don't sweat it. Well, how many people? Don't you have a, a, a limit as to how many people can come in the room because of this corona? This well, I, I'm hoping okay. by May 18th they will stop that. Okay, they stop it. And so I can get... I have the record for that club, like 380 people. And that's a packed room. Oh, that's packed. And that's packed in that room. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It was so packed that people were like... Trying to light the last time, you know, when it was really crowded, they were trying to light cigarettes, but the cigarette wouldn't light, the lighter wouldn't light. But because there was no them, oxygen. They allowed, in the room. they allowed them to smoke in there? You can't. Oh, no. There's an area where you can smoke. Okay, okay, but there okay. was like no oxygen. <laughs> and one of my friends said, Mike, Mike, this is kind of dangerous. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. If, if something happens, we might have a barbecue in here. <laughs> So anyway, so I, I wanted to talk about this. Right. The Ninja Indies Music Award is um, there is no independent music awards show in the world anywhere. Anywhere, not that I know of. Well, I think England has one. Okay, but it's not really Indies, but um, it's called the Mercury Awards, mm -hmm. and now it's become a big thing, like you know the Grammys. But so I thought, gee, I'd like to make an Indies. Award thing, you know, just something for the kids. The winners win a trophy, and people can send in their videos. So we have several categories: rock, video, garage, hip hop, jazz. You know, and people can send in their entries through uh, the internet mm -hmm. um, and look for Ninja Indies Music Awards on Film Freeway. And that's the software people. Everyone uses to submit films. Okay. So uh, this band is getting kind of really famous mm -hmm. now. The Let's Go. Yeah, Let's Go's. They're loud. They're loud. The, the, the Let's Go's are like um, 
if you took a shoe box and you open the top and then you dump a bunch of bees inside, okay. put the top back on and then open the box in front of your face. That's what it's like. <laughs> so, yeah, be, be there. It's free. It's totally free. And you have to pay for your own drinks, of course. I can't pay for that. But everything is free. And the bands are really cool. It's really fun. And people are so nice. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, so you nice. You don't realize it. They may, they may look like they're dressed for certain other occasions, but they are nice. Yeah. They're really nice. So, you know, none of these bands are really a kind of like hardcore punk. Mm -hmm. This band is kind of punk, but it's kind of funny punk. Okay. You know, they do the monkeys anti, anti Griselda. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's your project now. But I thought you were doing, can you talk about any of your other projects? Sure. I thought you were working on a movie. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Well, let's get into some. Yeah. Let's get into heavy the, talk. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so, you know, I made that movie, Ghost Ropes, we talked about in episode four. And um, I made it, and when I, after I made it, I'm sure I talked about this, but it was just such a headache. It's so stressful. You didn't talk about this. Okay, people would call me up, and I go to bed early, okay. usually. What do you call early? Because I go to bed at 8.30. Oh, you're a late nighter for me. I go to bed. I go to bed. Last night I went to bed at six forty-five. What? Yeah. But what time do you get up? I got up at three thirty. Okay, because I go to bed at eight thirty and get up at two thirty, and then I work out. Oh, and stuff. So I do that. But yeah, last night, eight thirty, two thirty. That's yeah. that's not enough hours. It is too late. What do you say? This way, nine thirty, ten thirty, eleven thirty, twelve thirty, one thirty, two thirty, six hours. That's not enough for me. Oh, I, I, that's why I've got a baby face. I'm a six, <laughs> I'm a six, six hour person. Oh. More than that, it's not necessarily so good for me. Oh, if I do six hours, I'm good because I pack it. I mean, I really mm. go in there. I go in the oh. gym and then I come back. But I'm not that heavy. Well, so you've had several um, film industry people mm -hmm. on this podcast. I have. Yes, and uh, one day, maybe about a year or so ago. This guy contacts me and he says, Mike, we 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 want to remake that movie in Hollywood. And I, I just thought, no, absolutely not. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to ever see it again. You know, and he said, no, no, no. What was the hard times you had on it? What was so bad? Well, the director, uh, he's, he's a really nice guy, but um, he would show up to the shoots like two hours late. What was your position? You were the I, I was the producer. You're the producer, okay. Yeah, and the screenwriter. And the screenwriter, right? Yeah, so and the, the babysitter. And right, right, right. So when he wouldn't show up on time, everybody was mad okay. and pissed off. And so I had to decide, okay, all right, all right, I'll, I'll direct these so, scenes. Since you do it, yeah. Right. Yeah, and um, people would call me up, and they would call me up at night, like, and they would speak to me in Osaka Ben. And they'd be yelling at me. And I thought to myself, I can't talk back. I, I need to just, like, calm them down, let them get it out, you know. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really, I'm totally on your side. You know, let them do that screaming at me for, like, an hour until they get tired. And then I'm at the end. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it the, the, the next shoot, you know. <laughs> 
So that was just so stressful. It was a daily situation. Yeah, it was a daily situation. But um, this guy said, uh, Let, let's remake this movie. And I said, no. And he said, no, no, well, listen to me. And then he, he said, you know, we'll get a big production company and we'll get Linda Perry. And I was like, I'm an indie DJ, okay? I don't know about major. major. Linda, Linda Perry has won so many Grammy Awards. And she's in the, the Hall of Fame, Songwriters Hall of Fame. Okay. And she was the lead singer of the band uh, Four Non Blondes. Four Non Blondes. Yeah, do you know Four Non Blondes? No, what year did they, they come out? Gee, I don't know. Probably, yeah. can Wait. Yeah, you can do it right away. You can I have a series. Yeah, it's in a heartbeat. You'll know this song. Everybody knows this song. It has 1.4 billion views. 1.4 billion views? Yeah. So I guess you can play the beginning of it here and I won't have to cut it out. No, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's okay. What what am I looking for? I'm looking for YouTube. Try to remember. Try to that's the bad thing about getting old. No, it's just I can't same. even remember what happened this morning. I don't attribute it to age. I attribute it to... But just a bad family. memory? Yeah, that's what I, I tell my mother that all the time. She's 93, and she keeps on saying, I said, Mom, I hold my cell phone in my hand and start looking for it. So, I mean, don't don't think it has anything to do with age. It's something we do. Oh, yeah. I, I do that, too, all the time. I'm, I have my glasses on. Right, right, right. All the, that's the like, famous one. Where's my glasses? glasses? I can't see anything. That's right on you. Okay. Here, here it is. Do you know the song? That's it. That's Linda Perry, too. You'll know what I think, of course. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't asked her. The song is called... 4 billion views? Well, 1.2 billion views. What in the world? (laughs) I know. So they said to me, we'll get Linda Perry to to be the music director and the producer. And I was like, who's Linda Perry? (laughs) (laughs) And, and they told me, and I, I checked it, and I was like, "Oh, I even I know this song." Right. And uh, did she do? Was she? Was she? Yeah, she's she's now the music director and the producer for this new one. Did yeah. You? Okay. And um, then uh, they got a director. This is a remake, actually. Yeah, the remake. And then they got uh, a director who is um, a Stephen King approved <laughs> writer, and he wrote a couple of. Uh, Stephen King movies. He's, I think he said Cujo, and he did a couple other ones. Yeah, uh, Mangler. Mangler. And I don't remember. Okay, the okay, right. <clears throat> but his name is Stephen David Brooks. Mm-hmm. He's really talented. He started out in special effects, and he was taught by Toby Hooper. You know Toby Hooper? No. He made Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, okay. So he knows all these really famous people. And he's a really nice guy. I, I always, you know, call him up. Hey, Stephen, I can't. You know, I can't figure out how to how to do this. Can you help me? And he's like, okay. And also, like, my refrigerator, when I open the door, the light doesn't turn on. How do you, how do I fix that, Stephen? And he's like, Mike, Mike, just turn the turn the light. And I'm like, thanks, man. Okay, talk to you later. And and then um, the the 
The next person who we got, and I can't announce it yet, okay. but we got a British supermodel. And she's been in several movies, and she's got more than, I think, 4.4 million Twitter followers. And they're going to announce it pretty soon, I think. Okay. I hope. End of this month or next month. Who she is. Yeah, who she is. Uh, but you know her. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Even, okay, when they told me. I you knew like, right away. Yeah. Okay. I thought, she acts? And they said, yeah, she really wants to she get She just dances. She's like, that's yeah. right. She just walks across the stage. Yeah, so um, that's called uh, Meet the Pumps. Okay. And what it is, is it's a... Uh, a movie it's basically based on ghost roads but we had to rewrite the script so i rewrote and steven we, we worked together and rewrote how the long script. did it take you to do that uh, i don't know three months or so three months? okay well you knew the script anyway yeah. So, yeah so um well as we pitched it to people we'd have to change it a little bit so it's not like three months probably the total writing time was like a month maybe but um uh, what was I talking about? Okay, so so um, it's a rock and roll ghost story. In in a nutshell, it's a hard day's night with a Faustian twist. Okay, and um, it's about this '70s girls punk band in Hollywood, and they had one big hit, and then they fell out. And I I don't want to give away the story, but they. They fell out, and then she comes back, and she wants to make it again with her band, and she makes a deal with the with Satan, the devil. Oh, really? Yeah. Kind of, well, that's like the movie with the um, the guy that played the um, guitar. Um, you remember this one? Battling, he battled with the devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. it was good. Yeah. So it's a very, you know, an old story mm-hmm. that's been told a thousand, a thousand times. times. You never get tired of it. Yeah, <laughs> so she makes a deal with the devil, and the devil appears to her out of this amplifier. And only she can see the devil, and the devil asks her to trade something for her fame. And so she gets, not exactly the way she wanted it, okay. but she gets it. Okay. So um, I hope that the shooting will start in... June or so. But, but, oh yeah, I want to tell you something else about tell that. Me, me. Okay, so, um, and why I mentioned, like, you had other film industry people. The Japanese film industry. So I've made that movie before, and when I made that movie, the, the first movie, Ghost Roads, I asked, I went through the music industry and the film industry, and I asked many people to help me. Nobody helped me at all. Nobody would. They, they wouldn't even call me back, and they usually call me back. And and then I've been running film festivals now. So I run this JIFF, and we'll talk about that soon. But JIFF Film Festival, this is my fifth year. But I've been a jury member for Rain Dance for four years. Mm-hmm. And I worked on a Hime Film Festival and a Tommy Film Festival for two, two years. And I've met lots of industry insiders in the movie business in this country. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, and I'm 65 years old, so I don't care anymore, but they don't want 
any indies films or any indies filmmakers coming into their good old boys club. And you might talk to Dan or somebody like that and they'll say something different. But my, my conclusion is um, they've got a really good setup here and they're all friends with each other and they want to keep it that way. And that, that's not just for foreign filmmakers. That includes Japanese indie filmmakers. And, you know, um, the Japanese film industry is so messed up. For example, th there was a movie that came out several years ago called Yamato, or Oritachi no Yamato or something. Mm -hmm. our, our Yamato. You know what that movie is? Mm -hmm. About the ship? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. And, and that was a huge, big-budget movie. Mm -hmm. And that was a really good movie. But it never screened overseas. Only here. Yeah, only here. And I, I thought, why, why is that? You know, why do they don't care about overseas? But this was by the people in that group. Yeah. One of those producers. Yeah, yeah. So they don't care about, they, they're set anyway. Yeah. 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 They don't care about numbers. They're doing it for their own. So, for example, Tokyo International Film Festival, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the Shibuya government mm -hmm. basically pays for it. And so um, the Shibuya government, and I, I, I'm giving details, but some of these details might be a little bit off. The Shibuya government pays them to run their film festival. And I heard from one of these people, an insider, that they lost $800,000 in 2018 or 19 on a film festival. They only had 100 paying guests. 100 paying? Yeah. You know, you go to oh, Lopaki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the boom, boom company. Yeah, yeah. 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 100 paying guests. 100. And so the other people were just fill-ins that didn't pay. Because yeah, sometimes they do. Yeah, yeah. They have suits or whatever. And just yeah, yeah. Tickets, free tickets. The passes. And then the, right. the film festival runs. And the film festival runs. The government gives them money. The top guy takes that money and he makes a festival for himself, and so he can showcase his films and his friends' films. And that's not a film festival. Mm. That, that's a showcase mm -hmm. or something like that. And this is a very critical thing to understand. Um, if, if I, you know, the government gives me a bunch of money and tells me to run this film festival, and they also say, invite a lot of famous people mm -hmm. or pay for these famous people to come, then it no longer becomes about the independent filmmakers. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about lots of famous people, cameras clicking and things like that. And it's, it's just a show. It, it's, it's fake. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why um, I have nothing good to say about the, uh, the Tokyo International Film Festival, actually. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, I know the vice president, or I think he's ex-vice president probably now, but, um, and those people, they are, you know, I don't want to say they're um, discriminatory, but they definitely discriminate to people who are outside mm -hmm. their group. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I've, I've seen it. Isn't it similar to like the rating industry in the U.S. where people don't really know who they are, who rate all the films? I heard they did, they did a story about them once. The guy that was the head of that, who rates them, who gives it an R rating, mm, and gives yeah. it a G, 
18 or whatever they might do, how they review these films and the few people they have to come in there and sit down and decide who gets an R rating, mm -hmm. who gets a G18 or whatever the, the ratings are. Yeah. Isn't that kind of a closed group? And we're, yeah, that's a closed like, group. Who that's these people? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't really know too much about the Western, okay. like Hollywood. So you've been focusing on Japan. Well, I had been. Right. So, so it came to the realization came to me maybe about a year or a year and a half ago that this industry in this country uh, is close to Japanese and to foreigners because I actually know and know very well this director who made a movie that won tons of awards overseas and. He, he his movie was probably the most popular roadshow movie in Japan at the movie theaters in these last two years. Mm. He can't get into the that industry with those people because one is I think he's from Osaka. The the, the other thing is he's um, he's just an indie director, and it would be. Akin to like some band, one of these bands getting signed to Sony. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Let me ask you this, Mike. Since you're in that industry, I was just thinking, I have a couple of friends I know that want to make movies here. Yeah. Is it possible for them to make a movie here and even, and, and let's say, not get the fame that they, des they desire here in Japan, but get it in another country? Yeah. Oh, they can do that? Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's why I made the JIFF Film Festival because I was. I actually told... What, what does JIFF stand for? Japan Indies Film Festival. And you've had it for... Five years. Five years. What's the participation like? Um, last year was 3,000... During COVID? 3,000, yeah. Okay. 3,600, I think. Was this, is that up or is that down from prior COVID time? Because you, you ran it longer than COVID's been up. Oh, the first year? Yes. The opening ceremony, we had 1,800 people come. That was it, okay. Yeah, and it has yeah. grown. It's grown since then. Even well, it's grown, but like um, in theater screenings, mm -hmm. um, can't take a risk to damage. Right. So we did it online, and people oh, watched. Yes, yes, yes. So with during the whole COVID, no, it was years? it ran for maybe eight days or something, something like okay. that. So um, um, the JIFF. Is a film festival for indies filmmakers. We don't accept money from the government because I've seen what happens. I, I worked at Ahime Film Festival. I worked at Atami Film Festival. I've seen what happens when the government gives them money. Then the government says, "Yeah, yeah, and we want this famous people, these famous people, to show up here." Okay. And the film filmmakers, the independent filmmakers, who. I know, I did it. They, they, they lose sleep and they sweat and they struggle to make their dream and make this film and nobody cares about them. So I don't like that at all. So, you know, I... I so who do you, how do you... How do people get recognized through coming to your film festival? Okay, well, when I made my film festival, I contacted... I'm very good friends with Elliot Grove, mm -hmm. who's the founder of Rain Dance Film Festival. And we're really good friends. We have a kind of a background that's kind of the same. And uh, I told Elliot what I just told you about the industry here. And he said, yeah, I know. 
And I, I said, so I want to make a, a film festival and I'm not going to accept money from the government. And, but I need some kind of support. Like, right, if you, you, you're going to bring some product to Japan, you need to have, like, you know, you need to do Wendy's. Take Wendy's. Bring Wendy's over. You know, you need that name value. So um, <clears throat> Elliot said, yeah, I'll be a jury member and I'll be one of your executives. And you just run everything and don't accept money from the government and do your best to sweat it out and try not to go bankrupt. And he did say that, try not to go bankrupt. Mm. And at the time, I, I kind of thought it was a joke, but I don't now. No, no, you don't. No, so um, <clears throat> I've made it, and uh, we have totally fair judging. Mm -hmm. And the winners of uh, each category, they get free film waivers to join Rain Dance. Okay. And I had a winner uh, this year. Was it? No, no, it was last year. Mm -hmm. Um, that won at our film festival that also won at Rain Dance. Mm -hmm. They also won at Rain Dance. Yeah, in, in their category. Okay, what are the categories? Can you tell me? Oh, those? Just, I mean, briefly. Rain Dance has a lot. No, I'm talking about our yeah. Okay, we have short films, mm -hmm. short documentary films, um, feature documentaries, and feature films, and we also have music videos. So it doesn't matter what the genre is, it's just yeah. short. Yeah. So it could be in any genre, Yeah. but it has to be short. Regular, mm -hmm. something like that, yeah. and then special features, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the good thing about JIFF in the first, I don't know, three years or so, I've had um, <clears throat> movies that um, after the festival was over and they won an award, I was able to arrange screening for them mm -hmm. at theaters, like 10 theaters around Japan. And... Those movies include um, One Shot of the Dead, and the Japanese title is Camera Tomeruna. And then another film was um, Hitokuzu Kanemasa, and oh, that's a great film. Okay. And that won awards in England and Italy afterwards. What's the English translation for that? Yeah. No, Hitokuzu means human garbage. Human garbage, okay. Yeah, Kanemasa. So Kanemasa is the name of the guy. Right. He's human garbage. Okay. And it's a really terrible story, but... <laughs> well, I just cry when I watch it. It's like, this is such a great movie. <laughs> was it a, a feature? Was it a really Yeah, movie? a fe feature. And so it was like one hour? And yeah, so this... The, the director of that movie is the guy who I said um, uh, has really... It was probably one of the most popular movies in Japan for the last two years. And it's, it's still script roadshow. This is by a Japanese guy. Yeah, but he can't get into the I got you. the the um, the good old boy club right here in Japan. Yeah. So then um, we also had um, a movie called The Receptionist, which was by a director who lives in London, but she's from Taiwan, Jenny. Jenny Lee, I think, or Jenny Lin, Jenny Lee, I can't For some remember. reason, I think I saw that. Was that by any chance? Did that get on to Netflix? Probably. I think so. I think I saw that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> our film festival is not that, actually not that big. Mm -hmm. And there's no name, no really name value yet, because we're only in our fifth year. 
This is a good the, start. Yeah, but the ja- and the Japanese film industry, they hate me. Because I, you know, because you're making it impossible for people to think. Yeah, they they don't like. Okay, and um, well, plus also when I, I go to a meeting, so I was like one of the top bosses at Atami. Go to this meeting with this guy, and um, just being very polite, and he starts yelling at me. He's like, "What kind of jury do you have here?" And I was like, "Um, we got just jury members from." Online TV, movie movie channel, and places like that. And he was like, this is terrible. You don't know what you're doing. And I was like, uh, I think I'm older than you by 15 was, years. Gonna, you know, I was just getting ready to ask you, is this guy younger or older than you? Because he obviously thought he was older than you. Yeah, I think he did. He must have thought he was older than you because he wouldn't have talked to you that way. Yeah. So, and I had known you were his senior. Yeah, so I, I just kind of thought, okay, this guy's a jerk. Don't say anything, whatever. Mm-hmm. But... After working with him, he worked on that project, and he he would scream at the mayor of the city and threaten him, like, you know, if you don't do this, you know, give me an extra $100,000, I'm going to, like, ruin this film festival. It's like, this guy's insane. And so I don't want to mention his name, but I have to say he's pretty typical. Okay. And... So many times I've met people who would talk down to me and to staff. And I just think, like, what's wrong with you, man? You know, these are volunteer staff. Don't don't yell at them, mm-hmm. you know? And there is one guy okay. in the Japanese film industry who I will say is the nicest guy. And he runs Cinefil magazine. And his name is Akira Kado. Really nice. He's a really nice guy. Okay. And very honest and which is not what these other guys are. So, um, yeah, I, I love Kado-san, hi. And, so uh, how do people get in contact with you then? I'm going to put that all, post all that, make sure people understand that, to get involved in this film festival. Okay, well, I, I sent you the links this morning, okay. so they're all there. Okay. And it's got my email. I'll put up. that, so that'll be in the end of the, whenever they see the podcast, what they'll do is in the bottom. Yeah. It's on YouTube, they can see all the links there yeah. to be able to get involved in this festival. Yeah. They get ready. What, what are the criteria? Just have a film. Just have something you've done. Yeah, it's got the rules written there. Okay, the rules are there and everything. Okay. Yeah. Is there? There's no fee. No, there's a fee. What's the fee to come in? We're really cheap, actually. Okay. Like, um, I don't know, like thirty dollars or something, oh, something like that. Really? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Well, big name festivals like Rain Dance, right? They charge like a hundred and fifteen dollars, but. But they've been running for like almost 30 years, you know? So I can't charge people a lot of money. Plus, in this country, in Japan, very few Japanese can speak English, as you know. So this film freeway software is in English. And so the Japanese can't struggle with it. They they, they struggle with it. So I totally threw away a lot of money and I made a film submission site in Japanese. And it's online, and it's called Ega Express. It's Express.com. And you can go there, and you can enter. Um, there's several film festivals there. That's good. So, several film festivals? What do you mean? Yeah. Um, that are yours? No. You mean around the world? Yeah. Well, there's um, Miyakojima. Okay. 
that's done in Okinawa. Right. And then there's um, the Ninja Indie Mu Music Awards was was there too. Right. But right. that's yours. These are yours, right? Yeah. No, Miyakojima's not mine. Right, Miyakojima. How many are how many in Japan that are that are like yours? The one in Miyakojima is like yours. It's independent. Oh, yeah. you think it's one of their? It's 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 their project. Oh, okay. So and it's they, a of theirs. Yes. Yeah, okay. So the Japanese film festivals, generally speaking, they'll they'll say, okay, submit your film, and then everybody has to burn a DVD, and then copy the script, like you know the whole script, send all this stuff in, send it down to Tokyo International Film Festival, and then it gets lost. And I'm not kidding. They'll get like, you know, 50 or 100 of these things. And you got to realize there has to be one place where all the jury and judges can see the film. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a disc, you have to give it to him. And then when are you going to watch this? Uh, I'll try to do it this week. Okay, no, let me know when you're done. Then get it back from you. Give it to this guy. It's just, this country is, I love Japan. It's a great place, but in some ways, it's like 30 years ago, mm. the way they do things. There's one thing I think I, I, can, I can relate to that, because they do make you go through, jump through the hoop. Yeah. And if you jump through enough, I mean, that's why the term gamma mm. is so important. Yeah. If you do not have patience, which yeah. gamma means, this is the wrong place to come. Yeah, that, I told a lot of my American friends one day. If, you're, if you yeah. think it's going to get done tomorrow, <laughs> it's, you know, similar to the military in some ways. We used to say, hurry up and wait. Yeah. <laughs> and in Japan, you got to hurry up and wait. Yeah. Well, I, I tell all my foreign friends, I mean, I don't have very many foreign friends, but besides you, but um, who come to Japan, the first thing I tell them is one thing that Japan will teach you. And that is patience. That's right. And I think it's very good. It is, because you can apply it anywhere else in the world. Yeah. And it really works well. Yeah. Because the Japanese will put it on you in a heartbeat. All my businesses have been affected by the mentality here. And I think we're the better as a result of it. Yeah. It's the best business college you could ever come to. Yeah. That's a, so, like, when that guy, that that famous director, and he was like in charge of a Japanese industry-led um, association, was screaming at me. A long time ago, I probably would have gotten really mad and yelled at him, but I just kind of sat there and just thought, like, what's wrong with you? And then thought, gee, I really feel sorry for your staff. And I, I would find out later, he was always yelling at his staff. Yeah, it's never directed just at you. Yeah. Because he doesn't know you well enough to do that anyway. Yeah, I know. So he's doing it on the thought, the thought of yeah. what he thinks you're doing. So, so anyway, so I made JIF mm -hmm. um, to be a place that people can feel good and feel safe about that. We're honestly judging their movies. I watch every movie, but I, I'm not the only, you know, yeah. judge. Mm -hmm. But I watch every movie. That's beautiful. And um, and how many would that be? Like, for example, last year, how many movies did you have to watch? Five hundred and seventeen. Five what? Yeah, five hundred seventeen. I think it was. That's how many there were. Yeah. In, well, the, the five hundred seventeen. But don't forget, some of those are like three minutes. Oh, short long. minutes. Okay, yeah, because they can be short. Movies. Yes. How short is a short movie? Can it be a minute? If yeah. That, really? Yeah. It can be a commercial. Well, three minutes is a commercial too. Yeah. That's fine. And um, 
So you can get into the oh the other the other thing is a lot of film festivals recently, mm-hmm. especially due to Corona, have start like the award winners. The people who won an award, like you you got the award for best film. Okay. And then they'll give you like a piece of paper that looks like a diploma mm-hmm. and say award winner, best film, in the name of your film and give you that piece of paper. Okay. Uh, I'm like, what will that do? I, I don't know. And I just think, God, that's so cheap. So we give out proper trophies. Such a, oh, so you give a trophy. Yeah, we okay. give a trophy. And um, wait, I got a picture of the trophy. Okay. And this is a crystal. That's a beautiful trophy. Yeah, wow. you know, it's heavy. It's nice. It's nice. It's because I, I swear so to God. So you've given out five of those. Or more than five, I mean. But how many people can win that? Uh, this particular one, right. the best film. So there's only one. He's, yeah, he's, but 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 there are other trophies for, you know. What do they look like? Oh, basically the same thing. Same thing. Smaller, just smaller, okay. with a nice base. Yeah, just heavy, yeah. and like the people it's, it's heavy. People have told me like, like I'm really surprised. Yeah, because it's pretty something like plastic or something, right? But even plastic is better than a piece of paper. A piece of paper. <laughs> Got to talk about schemers. Okay, let's talk about schemers. Okay, schemers. <clears throat> Schemers is a movie that was made by a guy named Dave McLean. And Dave is super famous. and But he's super famous in the music industry. Okay. So he um, is the manager of the rock band Placebo. And you might not know that, but Placebo uh, was one of the few UK bands to be banned in the United States. Because of because their videos. He, Dave... McLean um, is the manager of Placebo. Mm-hmm. And they're huge. They played uh, headlined Summer Sonic for like two years. Mm-hmm. And um, he used to do promotion and uh, for Oasis, Nirvana, and bands like that. Really, really super famous band. And he calls me up. I, I know him really well. I've known him for like 20-some years. He calls me up and he says, Mike, I have this this movie script, and I want to rewrite it with you. And I was like, okay. And I know him really well. He's a rock and roll guy. So, okay, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so um, he, he says, I want to send you the script and have you read it. And then I'd like you to rewrite it for me or co-write it with me. I said, okay. I mean, I have nothing else to do. Okay, fine. So he... He, he writes to me and sends it to me, and I was like, this has some really funny things in it, some really hilarious stories all through it, but it's kind of a hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm working on now. Mm-hmm. And Dave had made a movie. <clears throat> what year was that? I think in 2019 he made a movie called Schemers. Yes. And Schemers won Best Film at the Edinburgh Film festival. And that film festival has been around for more than thirty years. Screened at Rain Dance. Screened at a lot of places. It's it's on. It's on here in Japan somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But and it's online at uh, I think Netflix in the United States. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But that's a really good movie too. And it's it's about his early years as a manager 
And it's really funny. When he was, when him and his friends were young, they decided they wanted to become rock and roll promoters. Mm -hmm. And they started promoting these concerts. And, you know, like like at a club, like this. Like like this. So one day they they decided that they needed to start thinking big. And so they booked this huge place that held several thousand people. And they didn't have any bands lined up. And so they were calling around like, you know, hey, we're looking for, you know, XTC or this band. Are they available on this weekend? (laughs) You know, and um, it finally, you know, a lot lot of things happened. Finally, they they got um, Metallica. I think, was it Metallica? Yeah, Metallica to play at their concert. And... It's just all the skullduggery and everything that's going to on get to, to, there, yeah, to get to there. So that's what that movie was about. This new movie called Knitting Smoke is about the period after that, after he had already become really big mm-hmm. and making deals for big bands and how the music industry is full of untrustable types. <laughs> And stuff like that. But Dave's a really good guy. Like I said, I've known him for more than 20 years. And uh, I really love the guy. So I'm kind of honored that he would ask me to help him. When's that right? that new? When's that, when do you think the movie will be out? Probably next year. Next year. Yeah. So you're working on it right now? Yeah, I'm working on it right now. Okay. So, so, oh, wait. So I, I better tie this all up. So the point is, I have come to the conclusion. I've made a movie. I've made two movies, actually that played at big famous foreign film festivals. Mm-hmm. I tried to get it into get them into Tokyo International Film Festival, but they told me on the phone, we will not accept your film. Okay. You know, unless you know someone here. And I, I thought, what what kind of a film festival? This is not a film festival. And then, you know, I started thinking like you know, like I said, I don't want to do that again. So we always I think in our lives, Lance we always have to keep moving up, mm-hmm. stepping up the ladder. So why would I make another Ghost Roads? Why would I do the crowdfunding and go through all that to do the same thing and then have a movie that's screened at the same film festivals? Why would I do that? It seems to me if you try to do that, your only option is either do the same as you did before or fail. Because if I made another movie and then it wasn't screened at Rain Dance, that would be seen as a failure, right? So step up. So okay, a big Hollywood movie company and famous people are working on the movie. So I think that is probably the only way. You know, Japan is changing and things. Things are happening very slowly in this country. And um, maybe one day it will be open, but but now it's not. So I just think that, like I said, I'm 65 years old, so I might as well kind of go for it and gamble. And I'm really lucky with what's happened with Meet the Pumps. And I hope, you know, because of Meet the Pumps, and then I got the right knitting Knitting Smoke, and this is a big UK company, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of kind of surprised. This is what you like doing too, right? 
More than oh no, Lance! You, like? you don't know what, what do you like the most. What do you like? I the like most? to lay down on the sofa. This is this just—it happens to be what you're good at doing. That I should have put yeah, it that way. Yeah, this is what you're good at doing. Yeah, because I talked to a good friend once before, and I said, um, "But everyone always says that cliche that it's better if you love your work." Mm-hmm. He says, "I don't love my work. I'm good at it." I love lying on the beach and getting tanned and drinking yeah. margaritas. That's I totally I get it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not loving this stuff. Some some people have have asked me, you know, like about my radio show, and they're like, "Mike, Mike, I want to send you some music and stuff." And I'm like, "Okay, Kurt, send me send me like a couple of songs for you." You know, I gotta send you the whole album. It's like, no, I hate to tell you this, but I've been doing this so long that I no longer listen to music. For my pleasure. Mm-hmm. If I listen to music at home, I listen to classical music. And I'm serious. I hear you. I hear you. You know, something with no words at all. Yeah. Bach, Beethoven. I mean, my wife is a classically trained pianist. Mm-hmm. She plays it. That's fine for me. But to, I listen to music, the kind of music I play on my radio show, and think, okay, I can play this on the radio show, or I can't. That's it. Period. I got you. I got you. I hear you. I hear you one hundred percent. And I, people, they, you're not you're not a real DJ because you're not really into music. It's like if you did what I I've done for like almost forty years, you would be the same. You either get good at it or you get out of it. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not going to listen to everything that comes. So, to you. you can you know so send me one song. I'll know if the rest of it's worth it or not. Yeah, that's right. Just send me one. Yeah, I can. I, I tell people that all the time. And they, right. They get kind of, we want, we want you to listen to the whole album. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, okay, then send me, well, send it and then tell me the one song that is your push song or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, you asked me, like, what I could say. At, yeah, because I mean, I always, I enjoy talking with you. We're going to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> I well, I think, I think, okay. Okay. And I don't know. Lance, if I'm older than you or you're older than me. I'm older than you. Okay. Because I know you're age of 65. Yeah, well, so I think, you know, as we get older, and everyone says that, you know, as you get older, all these bad things happen, like your body breaks down. I think that's what people say. Okay. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that might be true, but if you let yourself go, and also people who retire... People who retire, they they retire first. They're working every day at an office, and then one day they have nothing to do, and they have no hobbies. So, dudes, don't give up your life. Start something. It doesn't matter what it is. Start playing the guitar. Start start gardening. I love oil painting. Do you? Yeah, Lance. Do you do by the numbers? No. You do the real deal. You do the real deal. Yeah. Okay. Because as a little kid, I used to love doing that. When they, oh. And then afterwards, see what was made up, what was coming. You knew anyway, because you could see the whole yeah. line. But I love doing that. I should show you. I used to love models, too. Gluing them together. Oh, yeah. I, know, I didn't know I was getting high as a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> Get the cement glue. <laughs> I don't want to what, 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 what was your favorite models? Weirdo models. Oh, weirdo models. You remember weirdo models? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the characters had all these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had on the on the on the dragster, like, and they had the motorcycles and the plane. Yeah, yeah. I loved them. Those so were I I was a twisted kid. Um, <laughs> I loved German tanks. Okay. So I would buy. So that's normal because I did a couple of those. But well, the weirdo models were 
That was a weird. That was weird. Well, <laughs> I would build the tanks and then paint them, put the engine in them and stuff like that, put the batteries in them, and then take them out to the backyard and run the tanks over like flaming gasoline and stuff like that. And <laughs> that's my mom, that's a little weird. A little weird. <laughs> my mom would get so mad at me. I just bought bought you that model. Mom, can I have another tank? <laughs> The relive the Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that's what I did. You loved it, huh? Oh, I loved it. You loved doing that. Yeah. My Crazy God. kid. It's a pleasure all the time. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> Thank you. For Thank it. you. Thank you every single time. All of you watching this podcast, make sure that you press like, subscribe, and remember, it's all on loan. So keep reaching for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed. Mm-hmm.